Good evening, gentlemen. We are excited to be live, to be back here with this amazing, amazing section and segment of Men at Work. And without further ado, I would like to introduce my panelists. Some of them, you have seen them every Sunday. But we have a special, special guest today. And I'm going to say we're introducing him. I want to prostrate for the man. <laughs> there is someone that you are absolutely going to love to hear what he has to share. He's a brother. He's a giant in the Lord. He's an amazing man. Brother Emery, the wise one, E.B. Can you say hello <laughs> to the people of God? Uh, good evening. I don't know what time is it over here, wherever you are, but happy hour, a good day to every one of you. I'm blessed to be here. Thank you very much, Brad KJ. I'm Brad Emery EBA. You know, I'm a member of Christ Embassy and also a member of the Haven Fellowship, Haven Nation. I'm just glad to be here, Brad KJ has talked so much about this uh, forum. So many times I've tried to join, but uh, my work schedule and babysitting duties at home sometimes makes it uh, difficult, but I'm very happy to be here. I'm happy to be blessed by whatever I'm going to learn from here. I know the kind of mighty men I see around in this in this forum. I know I know I'm, I'm not living the same way I came. You know, to talk about the life of David is 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 a blessing in itself. So I'm looking forward to this. Thank you very much. Amen. Welcome. All right, Charles. Oh my God, it has been an amazing, amazing journey just sharing God's word with you, learning from you, seeing you walk the world. Like you know, sometimes we talk about the world, but I've seen you walk the world every single day. And um, just say hello to God's people, and then for those that haven't never met you or listened to you talk, just let them know why they should sit down and listen. Yo, mute, brother. Yo, mute. I'm sorry. Hey, hello, guys. How's everyone doing? Um, once again, it's always a privilege to be here. It's always a joy um, to learn and study the Word of God. Um, it's always a pleasure and a joy. I was I was glad when they said unto me, "Let us go into the house of God," because there's so much to learn. There's so so much, and I always quote that because it's, it's the truth. So I'm excited and I'm ready to learn. Amen. 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 Awesome, awesome. I love it when you just share with this happiness and this joy. I, I feel, I feel, I always feel great when I hear you talk about God. Is this purity? <laughs> Is this easiness with you? You talk about Him, right? Um, so. <laughs> The other two gentlemen are calling in from Lagos, Nigeria. And I tell you right now, commitment for me in the sense of God is important. You know, it counts as double for God. Like, they are consistent. They are committed. It is 1 a.m. I don't know about you, but sleep is important. <laughs> but they've always decided to share God's word, to, like, you know, give of themselves, to give of their fullness. And um, I definitely want to allow you to meet Noble. And I'm not going to share a little bit about yourself and why people should sit tight and, you know, relax in God's word. Hello, everyone. Um, like I said, my name is Nobu. Um, yeah, we're calling in from Lagos. Um, uh, it's, it's just so much about what I'm about to learn. I hope you guys are as eager as I am right now to sit in the presence of men like this, you know, to learn God's word and to speak about what they love, which is God and God's people. So, yeah, I'm just excited right now. I just look forward to hearing a lot and learning a lot. I have my pen and my paper right now to jot down whatever they have to say, you know. So, yeah, you guys look forward to hearing 
a lot from the from the heart of God right now. So Amen. that's all I have to say. You're welcome. Excellent. And his sound is clear. Oh my God. You know, we pray like, oh God, his sound gotta be clear. You know, the anointing passed from Chicho Kid to Novo, and we put that just big, right? His sound is clear, people. Awesome. All right. Without much further ado, the last but never the least, the man that speaks in tongues, even as he speaks, Chicho uh, Kid. Definitely let people know why you're all about the God, you know, why you're about the word and, and God's word. All right, good everyone. My name is Chijuke, like, like I said. Um, it's always a privilege to be in the midst of these great men. You know, like um, um, Charles said in Psalm 122, in like, like David said, <laughs> it's always a privilege to go to the house of the Lord. And I, I, I am eager to learn. You see me here, I'm very eager to learn. I'm always writing. I'm, you can never see me without my pen and my book. Every day at this point in time, I know this book will, will be full because what God's about to reveal unto us. And um, for every season, he has a word. So for us to be speaking this evening, speaking today, means that he has a word for everybody in this season. This word, this word we need to grab. And if we can lay hold of this word, I believe he will catapult us to the next level. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. All right. We're always going to start with prayer. We're going to pray. Um, Father, we thank you for the entrance of your word. Bring it for Jesus. Bring it light. Um, Father, we thank you for your word is alive in our spirits. We're ministering to your spirits. Father, we ask that the word, you know, goes in right where it is. He said in your word in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, you said the word is like a double-edged sword. It's right there where they need it, Father. Father, we break into our son every doubt, Father, to receiving a multiplied harvest. Father, it's time for men to understand that your word alone is what sets us up, Father. You say your word puts us on our feet, establishes us. Your word is what gives riches. Father, your word is better than sweet honeycomb. Father, we thank you for men are listening. In the name of uh, Jesus, Father, we'll become your vessels of honor. Father, we are the light of our shining. We are sitting in the earth, Father. Everyone that listens, that ears are open to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Awesome, awesome. Well, I think I have the best job tonight of, you know, try, trying to, trying to, to hold in, you know, allow you to speak about David. And my spirit is full of joy. I'm bubbling right now. And, you know, what, what I'm trying to think about where the guest started from, you know, the life of David, for me, I think, um, so there's a poll on the, on the comment section. Feel free to use the poll, a few questions about David. And I'm convinced in my spirit that David had a foretaste of the Holy Ghost. David had a foretaste of the Holy Spirit because the words that David put in the Psalms, miles of Psalms, for me, it just really tells me the character of the man, the content of his heart. But the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right, so I'm going to start with trust. You know, for me, you know, um, we've talked a lot about David, you know, David's compassion, David, you know, working with mighty men. You know, David and his son, you know, David and, you know, when he was in trouble with the Amalekites. So for me, just if you had to say a few lines about David, if you had to pick a perfect psalm to describe David, which one would you pick? I'm saying Chijok is smiling back. So he's trying to like, don't pick my own sound, right? So uh, so now it's almost like who goes first? Well, if you had to pick a perfect psalm to describe the man David, which one would you go for and why? Amen. Man. Thank you so much for this privilege once again. And oh, that's a tough question. 
because I believe there's so many words to uh, describe David. But if I have to pick one, I'll say David. David really loved the Lord. David, uh, that's, I believe that's the, to me, I guess that's the best word to describe David. You know, if you look at David's lifestyle from the beginning, you know, this has been, this is what the fourth or third that we've met, uh, talked about him, but David really loved the Lord in everything you can tell, you know, David put God first, you know, throughout his, his whole lifestyle, um, during the time with Goliath, you know, David was bold, you know, he's just, it's just, you know, he knew who he served. He was, he knew who he was serving. You know, it's, it's one thing to know who you are serving, to have faith in God. And David was all the above. He was, you know, he was very bold, courageous. But you can tell, even when he sinned against God, you know, if you, if you go to the Psalms, you know, like the Psalms that David wrote, it's just so beautiful. It's just so, so amazing. And you can just tell how, you know, the love that he had for, for the father. You know, David was the man that, uh, God says, that's the man after his own heart. You know, David really loved the God, uh, loved God. You can tell in everything you know, he didn't take God out. He always, you know, uh, put God first. And that's very, very important. So if I have to describe David, I'll say David is a man that really loved the Lord, that served the Lord with all of his heart. Amen. 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 All right. Well, Chijoki, now you have your shot. He didn't exactly pick any of your sounds, right? <laughs> I'm telling to you now, like, you know, I mean, I think about David, some of the accomplishments, slaying of Goliaths. Um, another one that really gets me all the time is when he was pursued up and down by Saul. David told his men, he can't touch Saul, touch not the anointed, but Saul was not respectful of the anointing. So if you could probably share any of his sounds that talked about, you know, David and, you know, how he was finding himself in God's refuge, right? And maybe even how God, he talked about the anointing of God in his life. I, I believe in all my heart that David respected the anointing. David knew who God was. So share along those lines, some of your favorite sounds of David, you know, how David for you impacted, you know, generations even after him, right? Moving on to the time of, you know, Jesus. So share some sounds. Okay. Um, I didn't know who tried to pick actually. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a whole lot. But I want, I, I want to come with a thematic, a thematic approach to who David was. David was, um, was a worshiper. David was a worshiper. You can see that in, in some, in some wanting to do it. I'm always glad when I say, let us go into the house of the Lord. And what does he go there to do? He goes there to worship. He goes there to what? To praise, to over sacrifices. We also look at Psalm um, and Psalm 145. David only talked about the greatness of God, but the greatness of God, how gracious he was, how compassionate he was. He knew God's mercy. David understood. Ah, yeah, David understood God's mercy. 
and he never took his mercy for granted. Mm. David understood. Ah, he understood the level of mercy God had. He said that um, in in um, in um, in um, Psalm, in Psalm, or Psalm that again, talking about God's and uh, God's mercy. Um, in Psalm, in Psalm, in Psalm one o three, in Psalm one o three, he knew that God said that God's mercy is, is is you know, God's mercy and transgression is far away, like. His mercy forgives your transgressions. Mm. Meaning that when God forgives you, He remembers you that God remembers it no more. You understood the level of God's mercy. He never joked with that mercy. In that mercy, He lived. He knew that the mercy of God was what was keeping Him, what was saving Israel every time. Whenever Israel sins, they go back to Him. He has mercy upon them. He understood the level of God's mercy. David also understood his position in God. Man's position in God, looking at uh, Psalm chapter 8, made us understand our place and position in God and know that it's only God that has been placed above us. Looking at from verse from verse 4 to 8 in that Psalm, in that Psalm, in that Psalm chapter 8, from verse 4 to 8, he said, um, uh, my Bible is closer to mm-hmm. Psalm chapter 8 from verse Psalm chapter, um, sorry, yeah, Psalm chapter 8 from verse 48, right? Look here, he said, um, he said, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you did visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and have crowned him with glory and honor. So, what is Chijoke that you are mindful of him? Who is Chijoke that you decided to visit him? Who is Chijoke that have made him a little lower than the angels? Who is Chuki that you have made him have dominion over the works of your hands? Who is Chuki that have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through their paths? You know, but he now goes look at him from verse from verse from verse one. So, oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earths who have set your glory above the heavens? You see, he said that when I consider your works. When I consider your heavens, the work of your hands, the moon and the stars, which have, which have, which, which have been ordained, mean that he knew how great God was. He knew how great God was. And he knew that, like I just, I told you, David only felt inferior to God and no one else. And that is the position we should have. That is, that is, that is the mindset we should have. Being able to go under God, being able to come under his will, being able to come under under his subjection, and yet still maintain, still maintain that position we have, and taking dominion and subduing and conquering. So it's it, it's a man that knew his position, that understood God's mercy, and David was he was a, a worshiper, and he always gave God the praise. Whenever he conquered, whenever he go to war, he returned glory to God, he returned praise to God. He never said, I did. He never said, I did. You know, by the power of my hands, I did. No. You know, when the, when the, when the, when the man saw, told him, told him to go and bring um, 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 the first king of 400 Philistines, he went, he bought 200, <laughs> 200, 200, uh, 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 first king of, of 200 Philistines. And he, afterwards, he said, it's God that gave me, that gave us victory. 
So if if we can understand that position involved, can ah, David would know that he was he was a sinner, and whenever he returned back to God, God would forgive him. So we could always return back to God in genuine repentance. He's always open his hands. His arms are like this for us. His arms are like this, waiting to receive us, waiting to call us back, just like um, the, the prodigal son. And, and the Bible says that uh, he forgets. He, he wipes off your sin as if, as if it was never done before. It was not done before. He, don't take God's mercy for granted, but always run back to him. We don't only need God's mercy for sin, we also need God's mercy to, to grow, we need God's mercy to succeed, to go forward in life. Praise the Lord. Just as you were sharing, just you know, maybe looking at Psalm chapter 5, verse 7, talking about mercy, he said, But I know that you will welcome me into your house from the TPT, for I am covered by your covenant of mercy and love. So I come to your center with deepest awe to bow and worship and adore you. David was a worshiper indeed. And I, I think for me, I also believe that David was a man of prayer. You know, it's a lot about David and prayer, but more importantly, was David's knowledge of who God is. You know, Yahweh, he understood who God was. Because if you understand what happened when he fought Goliath, right? You know, look at, you know, the secret place of the Most High. You will understand what David had behind him. So, Bro Emery, I could see your spirit, Reverend. You know, I know you're <laughs> gone. So, I'm going to turn it back to you. You know, please share about David, you know, his love for God, the accomplishments he did in the spirits and his Psalms. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, brothers. You know, the Bratros and Bratri, okay, you know, they just opened my eyes again to see who this wonderful man of God was. Praise the Lord. It's always, it's always a blessing. Yeah, you know, David's life, you know, all my life, you know, in all my Christian life, you know, David has always puzzled me. You know, he's always had to place David, you know. Uh, is, he, is he where he was supposed to be? You know, I was talking to Brakejo this morning in church. I was like, you know, David was a born-again Christian caught in the Old Testament. You know, <laughs> he, he was in the wrong time. Praise the Lord. You know, one, but one thing that, you know, always marveled me about the life of David is this insight into spiritual realities. You know, the Bible says um, in First Peter 2 verse 9, you know, that we're a kingdom of, we're a holy nation, a, a royal priesthood. You know, the word there is king priest. And also prophets, you know, these are, these, are, these, are, these are ministries God gave the church, gave every believer, every believer, irrespective of who you are, if you become born again today. You have become a king, you have become a priest, and you become a prophet of God to the world. You know, but, you know, we ask ourselves, how many times do we fulfill these offices? Do we fulfill this ministry? But if you look, if you look to David, David, David fulfilled all three. He's the only person in the entire Bible, in the Old Testament, the only person before Christ that fulfilled this role. He was a king, he was a priest, and he was a prophet of God. You know, we have so many prophets, Elijah, we have the Isaiahs, you know, but David, David, well, they were never kings in the Old Testament, and they were never priests. Only David fulfilled all those three roles. And this was, he was not allowed, he was not permitted to. If you understand, if you understand, if you look, if you understand scripture, he was not permitted to. It wasn't something, it wasn't something the law permitted him to do. You know, and even at some point, it even, it even got me into trouble when he was going to, you know, move the ark of God. He was going to take the role of a priest. You know, but just because he did not follow God's exact way, that's why, that's why he went into trouble. But you could see that this man, because of his eagerness to serve God, he understood what he had already seen in the eyes of the Spirit. 
the real man, the consummate man, the complete man that God had created. He had already seen it in the eyes of the spirit. You know, but talking about his psalms, you know, talking about the psalms, you know, one psalm that, and he's still talking about going back to David's insight. That always was derived from even before I became born again. I was always asking, how did he know? You know, we all know the story of Jesus Christ on the cross. You know how he lamented, you know, all the words he said, he spoke from the cross. But you can imagine, yes, Isaiah and some of the prophets, you know, spoke about oh, the crucifixion of the Messiah. But none of them really knew what was in his heart. They only saw it from afar. Only David knew what was in God's heart at the time Jesus Christ was crucified. And you, you, you know, let's just go to Psalm 22. Yes. You know, it's always my favorite Psalm because I was like, how did he know? How did he know? He could tell what was, you know, if you're, if you're wondering what Jesus Christ was thinking on the cross, not all the apostles were able to, they just recorded what they saw from the outside. But David saw what was on the inside. You know, so I'll just read a, bit, a little bit of Psalm 22. He said, and as I'm reading it, you'll you find out that, oh, there are some, some verses you'll be very familiar with. You know, even from the beginning. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? David was writing these years, centuries before Jesus Christ. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring, oh my God, I cry in the daytime. You know, just before I go in, let me just read Matthew 27 to 46, so that you, 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 get, you get an appreciation of what, of what David did. Because it's very, it's very easy to, yeah, Matthew 27, yeah, from 28, from verse 28. He said, and they stripped him and put, him, put on him a robe. And when they, when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head. And they read in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him, and they spit upon him, and they took reed and smote him on the head. And after they had mocked him, they took the robe off him and put his own raiment on him and led him to crucify him. And as they came out, they found it, okay, let me just go from 35. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture they did cast lots. And sitting down, they washed him, and set up over his head the accusation written, this is Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews. There were then were there two thieves who, crucified, who, crucified, who were crucified with him, one on the right and on the other on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, and saying, Thou destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days. Save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the, the, the chief priest mocking him, with the scribes and the elders said, he saved, others, he saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if he will, if he will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land and unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? You know, these were onlookers. Matthew was even, wasn't even there because Matthew, they had already run away. The only person that was there physically, the only apostle that was there was John. And he had the same account. But this was the story, this was the story, the story of onlookers. This was the account when they saw Jesus on the cross. You can imagine, David was not there, but in his psalm, now I go back to the psalm 22. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from thy words of my roaring, 
oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou didst this, this me not. And in the night season, and I'm not silent, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the princes of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto you, you, let me just go down to, you know, let me link some of the verses we just read from in Matthew. He said, and they that see me laugh me to scorn. I'm reading from verse 7. Exactly what happened with Matthew, with Matthew's account. He said, and they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the leap. You know, that's what they, they, they spat on him. They shake their heads saying, he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. The exact same words that those people said, the exact same words. You can imagine. So, you know, when I see things like this, he said, but thou art, but thou art he that look out, took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. So you could see what was going on in Jesus' mind as he was saying all these things. He still kept his trust in God. But how would we have known if this man of God, David, had not known what was going through the mind of God? You know, if you see all, all the path up, up until where they, where, they, where they shared his garments, everything, David saw all these things in his spirit. So it wasn't just King David. He was also a prophet. And that's, you know, that always wows me. You know, and I was also, I always asking myself, you know, but Abraham and Isaac, they, they never prophesied much about David. They prophesied much about the Christ, the roots of David. You know, but they didn't, how come? And I now, you know, saw a, a verse in First Chronicles, chapter 28, verse 4. I now knew why David was so favored. David was, I, I looked at the old Bible. Let me just, you know, because of time. David is the only person in the entire Bible that ever used that word. And God likes me. You know, I have three children. I'm sure we all have a family. We love everybody, but it's not everybody we like the same way. We love everybody, but it's not everybody we like the same way. There are some people we are fond of more than others. David is the only person that said God liked me. He knew, he knew God was fond of him. Even as Christians, how many times do we have that boldness to say, no, God likes me. And no matter how many mistakes I make, no, God likes me. That is why David was able to do most of the things he did. He knew God liked him. He knew God liked him. In, in Psalm 23, verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. He knew. And Paul himself, in Acts chapter 13, verse 34, said, David, Jesus Christ had the sure mercies of David. Had the sure mercies of David. You can imagine, it's only Jesus Christ that even caught the kind of revelation David was saying when he said, Surely, we, yeah, we say it all the time when we pray. Oh, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. What is that sure mercies of David? When you know that even before I sin, God has already forgiven me of this sin. This sin I'm going to, I'm planning to commit. He knew that God has, God will forgive me. That's the sure message that David had. And he said, Jesus Christ, Paul, Paul in Acts chapter 13, verse 34. You know, let's just, let me just read that quickly as I round off. Acts chapter 13, verse 34. You know, Paul, he said, and as concerning that, he raised him up from the dead. Now, no more to return to corruption. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure message of David. The sure message of David. He's saying God will give Jesus Christ the sure message of David. You can imagine David is not David was not ordinary. Let's not be he's not, yeah. You can think about all the mistakes he made, but he knew God liked him. He knew God liked him. And that's one thing I take away from the life of David. That the reason he did all this thing, it wasn't even when he was fighting Goliath, he knew that everybody he wasn't the only Jew, he wasn't the only one, he wasn't the only circumcised, but he knew that God liked him. So he knew God liked him more than the other people. So he knew that if he goes there, his case will be different. And that is what built his faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, man. Praise God. I, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to take notes. 
pull up the screenshot at the same time, but this is a powerful thought. When I read Psalm 22 for the first time, I'm like, no kidding. This is amazing. You see, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, how by that revelation he made known to me the mystery as I briefly reading by which you have read, you understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. He said, which in other ages was not made known to other sons of men, has not been revealed to his holy apostles. So David also caught that. David was able to unbundle those mysteries. The manifold wisdom of God, like he said, centuries before Jesus, David had an insight, right? And I think about David, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to go after a noble right, you know, sounds, but when I think about David, I remember Noble said a few weeks ago, he said that when David was marching against Goliath, that David had an army behind him, right? And so I'm really hoping that you know, should look about that, Noble, right? Look about David and going like full assurance, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and look on your own understanding. David also said that some come in the name of the king, some come in the name of the child, some come in the name of whatever, but he said, I come in the name of the Lord, right? So for me, it was so striking how much David knew God. So, you know, Noah, share a little bit about, you know, David, you know, his love for the master, his knowledge, the trust he had, and how he was able to do all his accomplishments by the Spirit. All right. Um, thank you so much, Brother Emery, as in I was so enlightened. Um, I just want to add before I go into my own beats, um, what he said. You know, he spoke about Psalm 22, but, you know, one of the most famous Psalms for me was Psalm 24, another prophetic Psalm, speaking about what Jesus went into after his death. You know, how Jesus was able to go to hell and then open up the gates and then take what he had to take to restore us back to God. Hallelujah. So, David was totally a spiritual individual. And for me, my, would I say my best Psalm would be a psalm not written by him, but written about him, which is Psalm 89, from verse 20 to 37. That just established his kingdom forever, speaking also about how much God loved him. You know, if, if you pardon me, I'll read from KJV. It says, I have found David my servant. With my holy oil have I anointed him. So he was anointed by God. You know, um, 21, with whom my hand shall be established. My arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not exact upon him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. And I will beat down his foes before his face and plague them that hate him. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. And in my name shall his horn be exalted. Everything about David was, 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 was backed up by God, was established by God from time immemorial. You know, in the volume of the books, it was written that a certain David will come into life and, you know, will be the precursor through whom the seed, through whom Jesus Christ was going to come from. So my most, like, let me say my favorite or one of my favorite verses in that chapter is verse 26, which says, he shall cry unto me. Thou art my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. To me, David was the first person to see God in that perspective. You know, going back to the days of um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God revealed himself as Jehovah. In the days of Moses, he revealed himself as the I am that I am. But never was he recorded prior to then that God could be a father. 
you know, and David brought that perspective into light. I will cry upon you as a son to a father. And of course, we, for, for those of us who have kids, we know what it means for our children to cry unto us. You know, we, as earthly parents, we know what we can do for our kids. Talk less of the heavenly, the, the king of glory, the most high, to be seen in that perspective. I think David, that amongst other things, was the reason why God favored him. Like he said, okay, you, you will be the one to cry. You will cry unto me, my father, thou art my father, and I will look upon you like my son. You know, and um, one, one other intriguing set of verses in that chapter is... Um, you know, when God was speaking about, even if his seed should sin, but because of him, I will restore them back. So, you see, David was established forever. And a man with a vision of that note, you know, I, I doubt he'll be able to fail. Irrespective of whatever comes his way, he already is not looking at the waves, he's looking at God, because God has already established him forever, his kingdom forever. It was set in stone, it was set in things even thicker than stone which is the word of God, we will never, which will never fall to the ground, you know? So for me, David was established forever. And in the book of Acts 13, we can see how chronologically, you know, his kingdom was set up until Jesus, you know? So David believed God. He knew who he was working with. He called him his father. And I was speaking to Chijoke, I think a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, you know, this pandemic, I think one of the things God would ask us, if, if ever, you know, he wanted to, would be, what have you written down? And I think the book of Psalms is one of the, you know, the, one of the times, most of the times when David had the opportunity to speak to God. And then he, he delved into spiritual realms and was able to bring down some things for us, you know. So I think in this period, most of us, each and every one of us is going to have to, you know, be asked the question, where are your notepads? What are you eating? Like, how much do you know of God? This guy knew so much of God, and that's just an aspect of God, you know. And I, I can only imagine what, what is left for us. Jesus Christ said, you know, if you believe in me, you do these things I've, I've done, but greater things would you do because I go to the Father. You know, we, we can expect, we are, we are of a godly heritage. You know, we are of an established kingdom. You know, that is why Peter would say you are royalty. You know, and again, speaking about Jesus and David, the book of Psalms 100 is very clear when he was speaking about, you know, my Lord was speaking to my Lord. It is a very prophetic chapter. You know, David, David, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I have a lot to say, but I can't say so much. You know, I don't know if you guys understand the feeling. He was into God and God was into him. You know, in the book of James, we know that it says, draw unto God and he will draw nigh unto thee. David was all about that. He soaked into it. And of course, you know, they say those that wait upon God will renew their strength. And they that know their God would, would be strong and do exploits. So David just exemplified every single thing here. So that's what I have to say. My favorite chapter is, it is cut in between 24 and 87. But yeah, 87 speaks directly to the life of David. You know, praise the Lord. It's a lot of amazing things, you know. I think I want to go briefly into the one you just mentioned briefly. That's Psalm 145, where David is saying, My heart explodes with praise to God, right? And now forever my heart bows and worship to you, my King and my God. 
and, and David, you keep reading, he was talking about, you know, how he's, you know, David knew that he was a spirit that had a body, right? So David was telling his soul, David was ministering to his body. For me, I think it's striking how much, like you said, how much of God that David knew. Uh, so for me, you know, I look at the Psalms and, you know, again, I, I'm asking a question. It's easy for me to ask you the easiest one, right? Or the best one. I'm out here trying to think which one do I, you know, where, where do I go? So I'm going to break it up a little bit. I'll take like a verse here and a verse there. But, but, but check this out. In Psalm chapter 4, right? Psalm chapter 4, David in verse 7 in the TPT said, The intense pleasure you give me surpasses the gladness of harvest time, even more than when the harvesters gaze upon their ripened grain and when their new wine overflows. David loved God more than money. Like David understood that his source was God. A lot of time, you know, the Bible says, seek ye for the kingdom. David understood that David was not by any chance a small man. He was fully loaded. David was so rich that he made men mighty. David was the first man recording the world that had special of. The first Navy SEAL or the, you know, the U.S. You know, special force. David has his special forces. They have an ecclesiastes of what they did. Because David, he, he made these men. David understood something about it. He said that if I pursue the Lord, he's going to draw nigh to me. For me, I think he's striking that he, the love he had. Because remember when he was dancing and his wife was like, oh my God, why are you dancing like that? And he said, you don't understand that. My God gave me this kingdom. He knew where his source was. A lot of times, David was openly, professively speaking about God. What God gave him. The same, the, the same, the same chapter, I'm looking at the message translation. I'm going to read from verse 4 to verse 5. Um, right there, it, it said, yeah, so um, Psalm chapter 4 from verse 4 to verse 5, it says, Complain if you must, but don't lash out. Keep your mouth shut, but let your head be talking. Read your case before God and wait for his verdict. David knew that he created, he, David knew that he, he could catechize on his aeon. David could reframe his world. I remember, David was a shepherd boy. David was a shepherd boy that became a king. You, I want to understand what he was saying. Is my God? God told Joshua in Joshua one verse. He said, "Speak my word, meditate on this and speak." So David knew because you got Psalm chapter one verse you know, two to three. He said he meditated on God's word so much his life was in God's word, and now he's plugged into the source. So David knew that when he kept contemplating the message and giving with God, that he was going to speak. That's why you could see him writing about this thing, right? So David told God in Psalm chapter fifty-one. He said. If you give me one more chance, I'm going to tell transgressors your ways. So David also understood that the kingdom come. He understood the only way we can establish the kingdom and righteousness was by telling the sinners. David was a soul winner. It was obvious from how he was writing that he knew so much about God that he had to share. That was some really, really beautiful things, right? And for me, my favorite psalm about David, written by David, for David, is Psalm chapter, psalm chapter 18. And I'm telling you, it is it is so loaded. I'm happy no one picked that out. I'm like, yes, I mentioned Psalm 18. Um, but I'm telling you, if you haven't read Psalm chapter 18, it is it is it is one of the most beautiful things you ever hear. Like David had, you know, the way he was writing about God. I'm telling you, look at verse two. He said, "You are as real to me as bedrock beneath my feet, like a castle on a cliff, my forever firm fortress, my mountain of hiding, my pathway of escape." My power of rescue will not reach me. My secret strength and shield around me. You are my salvation's real brightness, shining on the hillside, always the champion of my court. This guy knew who God was. This man, he understood 
the secrets of the Most High. He said, all I need to do is call, call to you, singing to you the praiseworthy God. He said, when I do, I'm safe and sound. I'm telling you, I mean, you look at his understanding of God. You know, a lot of times, you know, from our part of the world, you know, Nigeria and Africa, I know some parts here, like South Carolina, that are a little bit fetish. When it's night, that people are afraid, right? You know, David had so much understanding on God that he knew that at night, the person actually raised over the night is God. Look at what David said. David said in verse 9, he said, He stretched heaven's curtain open and came to my defense. Swiftly, he rode the earth as the stormy sky was lowered. He rode a child of thunderclouds amid thick darkness. He tore up his feet and he stooped down, soaring the wings of spirit's wind. He said, wrapped and hidden in thick cloud darkness, his thunder tabernacle surrounded him. He hid himself in mystery darkness. The dense rain clouds were his garment. David knew that light was more than darkness. Light was cut out of darkness. So David knew that even in that darkness, the so-called darkness, there is light. David understood that. He was the one that talked about, you know, how the angels will hold your foot down before the devil tried to quote him. So the devil tried to quote David. Imagine the devil trying to quote David. He said the angels will give you on your foot because he understood that nothing shall move you. So David was a man that David actually, he went into the secret place called the Bible was a man, was a man of prayer. He said in, 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 in Psalm chapter 3 that he prayed every morning. So David was a man of prayer. So he understood that when he was praying, that the spirit had so much influence around him. So beautiful. So now, I'm going to turn it back to you, Trost. Uh, uh It's been probably almost like 30 minutes since I last spoke to you because of all the beautiful things. But tell us a little bit more about what young men today could learn from David Sams. You know, um, you know, I always say, whoever said when life gives you lemons, you make lemonades. That's a lie. It's not true. When life gives you lemons, you depart your training. And it's obvious that David was trained in the bush. It's obvious that David was, you know, he was battle-worthy. My pastor, Pastor Chris, said that generals are made in times of war, right? So J David was ready for his promotion. How can young men, you know, of today in a pandemic, you know, in, in, a, in, a, plan, in a pandemic, right? How can young men stay pure? How can they trust in God like David? Like, what are some of your tips? Like, even if you have some Psalms that, you know, David can, like, like I know Psalm 119, verse 105, very easy. How can a young man make his way? So what are your tips? Some family advice to young men today that are watching us listening about David, gushing about his love, what would you say to young men looking at David's life? You're mute. Hey man, thank you once again. These were like beautiful things said. Uh, so many great, great things that was spoken. I learned so much. Um, I believe, you know, young men of today, as we've all said, you know, David was a man that loved God. David was all the above. He was, he had faith. He was bold. You know, uh, he knew the word of God. He, like, he personalized the word of God, you know. So my advice, or even the psalm, one of the psalms that talk about uh, faithfulness will be um, Psalm 27. I want to read some few things and just understand, you know, that David did not have fear for it. It's like, it's, it's one thing if you have, you put all your trust in God. You know, David trusted God wholeheartedly. He, um, let me read it. It says Psalm 27. It said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
really there's there's nothing there's you know it doesn't matter what the enemy brings your way it does not matter what they will throw at you if the lord is your light and your salvation what are you going to feel so my advice to young men today it doesn't matter what comes your way if you put god first if god is your light if god is your salvation there's nothing that you fear on this earth he went he went ahead and said the lord is the strength he's the strength of my life of whom shall i be afraid when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh my my enemies and my foes they stumbled and fell See, one thing you have to understand if you know if you're trying to do something on your own and then god doing something for you you know god, uh, david understood that it, it does not matter what the enemy threw against him you know he knew god got him you know like one of my uh, our brothers said he said he, he knew david knew that god really you know liked him it's, it's a joy it's also like a boldness that comes with it. Understanding that um, God really, really, you know, just think about it. The creator of the whole universe, just understanding that, you know, like um, our brother Noble said, he said, you know, David was the one that uh, basically what personalized God as a father. You know, knowing the creator of the whole universe is your father. You know, it's it's just it's just a different mindset. It's a different way you think. It's a different way you approach things. When people are scared, you just know that is my father. He loves me. There's there's nothing that you know. I'm I'm not afraid. I'm not moved by what's going on. So my advice to young men of today is just you know put God's word first. You know, study the word meditate on the word david did all that he understood he knew the, the the life of god he understood who god was and he understood who he is in christ who he is in god you know and that is very very important you know because if it's very sad if you're living in this world not knowing who you are in christ you know then you know you're gonna you're just gonna be tossed back and forth because you just don't know who you are, but it's, it's, it's another thing if you really understand who you are in Christ or who God has made you. It's just a different mind. It's, it's, it's a different thing altogether. You walk differently because you know, you know, God got you. The creator of the whole universe is your father. You know, so um, I just want to encourage young men of today, you know, study the word, meditate on the word. The word is truth. It works. It works. It works. We, you can look at the life of David. You know, you can go back, read the Psalms. You can look at David started young. It wasn't like, you know, he waited till, you know, he started young. And you can see his life. You can see the glory. You know, how God blessed him. Like, you, you can see. So, it's, basically, that's what I have to tell um, young, young men um, of today. Amen. Awesome. Right, Mary, I know you could take that question. And when you're asking, also add a part of the Holy Spirit. God. I mean, some of what we're talking about, knowing about Jesus, it's so clear that the Holy Spirit is in front of me because it's the Holy Spirit that rebukes us. You know, David messed up, right? That's 51. David actually said, Don't take the Holy Spirit from me. 
Like, come on. Like, David actually mentioned the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, don't take away, he said, don't take away the Holy Spirit. So, as a father, you know, um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, for young men, you know, young married men, you know, men that have been married for some time, you know, how David was able to navigate fatherhood. Because David's son, Solomon, was the king that asked God for wisdom. You know, so I think it's important how we also train people coming behind us. David was not just a success. He also made success, you know, success stories. So tell us a little bit about the character of his spirits in training the next generation, you know, mentoring and having kids that have grown up in Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, I, I think you really, you, you, the answer is already there in the question. You know, all you need is you, you can't do any of these things without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the answer, and it's amazing. David actually used the word Holy Spirit. Most other Old Testament personalities will say the Spirit of God or the Spirit, but he used the Holy Spirit the way a modern-day regenerate, regenerate man would, would use it. You know, and just to say that, you know, because Brother Brad Noble said something that always strikes me, the way he said it again today, you know, he said it in a different way that I've not heard before about the encounter of David and Goliath, and that's for every young man, for every, no matter the challenge you're facing as a family man, as a, as a, as a, as a husband, as a, as a father, as a boss, you know, that is always my, in the last three, four years, that, is, that has always been my, my watchword, you know, taking advantage of the Holy Spirit in doing things, in, you know, in facing challenges. You know, David wasn't the first person that God, God didn't even tell David, he didn't even give him the instruction to go and fight Goliath. David just knew what he had inside, that the anointing was there. But God talked to Gideon and told him in, in Judges chapter 6, verse 16. He said, you, you go and take out the Midianite as one man, as one man. But it was too big for big, big Gideon to, to accept. Gideon had to start giving God conditions. It wasn't God that wanted 300 men to go and conquer Midian. It wasn't God's will. God wanted as one man, Gideon would have done it. God did not give, uh, we didn't see it from, from the Bible where God gave David a specific instruction that he was going to defeat the um, uh, Philistines as one man, but he knew what he had on the inside, and he defeated the Philistines as one man, as one man, and that is that's you know, and that's that, that, that's my message to young people. God with you is majority. You don't need you don't need any connection. The Bible says, "Glory not in men, for all things are yours." You don't need any connection. You don't need any man. If God is in you, as one man, there is nothing you can't do. You know, I look at projects and I just say. You know, even in church, even at wherever I find, wherever, wherever I find myself, once, once an instruction comes or once a need arises, I don't begin to think, okay, how do we contribute? How do we? And in my head, I'm thinking, as one man, if God wants it done, that, is, that means he has, he has made it available. That means the spirit, it is by his spirit. It's not by my power. It's not by my intelligence. It's not by what I have in my account. As one man, as one man, you can do it. If David can do it, as a 17-year-old boy who was not trained in the army, if he can do it, then what are you doing with all the word of God that you've been learning all these years? Praise God. Hallelujah. As you are speaking, speak that to me to Psalm 82, verse 5. It says, they do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. Hallelujah. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. I said, you are gods, and all of you children of the Most High. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O, jo o God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit the nations. So speak that actually saying that you are a God. Inside of you is the progeny of God himself. The DNA of God is in you. One person I think about, you're talking about David and one man is Joseph. 
even in the midst of how much stag, life was stacked, like this man was, life was stacked against this man. They all were not in his favor. The man from prison to pits to, like, it was like the three Ps, right? You know, from the pits to prison to the palace. But he understood that even in the midst of the worst things, right, I can do all things so Christ has strengthens me. He knew what he had. A lot of times I tell people, what do you have? Moses had a world, right? You have the Holy Spirit. You have the creator of the whole, of the whole earth. You know, so I think it's amazing, absolutely amazing, that when you know what you have, because David knew what he had. David, that's why I said David was trained, even when he was out there in the wilderness, because the Bible said that the Holy Spirit drove Jesus to the wilderness, right? And angels of ministry to him. I believe that that's what's happened to David, because he has so much studied God that even right there in the wilderness, you know, to that positive big, like, big deal of a lion, how big a lion is this man was slain a lion as a 17-year-old boy, right? So this man had done some things with God in the wilderness that had made him stand as a champion of heaven. I'll teach you, okay, everyone will come to you about Psalm 121. You know, again, we're in a pandemic, right? There's a lot going on, you know, businesses are collapsing left and right. I've heard people quote this with cheer. You know, so tell me about how you started the Psalms. When you read the Psalms, how do you read the Psalms? Like, do you just read the Psalm like, you know, everybody else? How do you, how, how do you get the same brilliancy? Because the Bible said, let this word be in you, let's see abide in you. Then it shall be obvious, it shall be evident, right? So how do you study the Psalms? For those that are wanting to get into the Psalms, learn about David, tell us how you started the Psalms. How do you get this thing all over you that your cup can overflow and bubble over? Okay, um, you know, I still went, I, I talk about how I study the Psalms. It took him back to when I was, when I was younger, during morning, morning devotion. We all liked Psalms. Because Psalms was not, it was not difficult to explain. We were brrr, just, 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 just skip through. <laughs> but of recent, I understood that Psalm pack, Psalms packs everything you need to grow as a believer. Psalms, Book of Psalms, chapter 1 to the end, packs is power packed for you as a believer. He, there you find that you need to walk righteously. There you find that you need to be, you need to, up. come on, look at, look at, look at. Look at Psalm chapter 15. Psalm 15. He said, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle, who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly. Ah. He who walks uprightly and walks righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor. Nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eye a bad person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his, to his own heart and does not change, he who does not put his money at usury, nor does he take bribe against innocent, he who does these things shall never be moved. Amen. Let this time just speak to you. Amen. <laughs> you think your life is going, is going, is going, is going zigzag. <laughs> come, come back to this psalm. Let this psalm speak to you. Or go back to Psalm chapter one. Let it speak to you. I want everybody to just take, take a look at, um, at um, Psalm chapter 16, verse five. Everybody, please. Look at Psalm 16, verse five. Tell me, just, just I'll, I'll come to Nobu and, um, and, 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 and the KJ. Psalm 16, verse 5. Read it, please. Read it, read it, read it, read it. Shitabatu, shitabayana. Oh, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain mm. my lot. 
Both of you are Igbo people. KJ and Nobu. <laughs> yeah. Tell me the meaning of this in Igbo. I'm about to hold you somewhere. You don't know. Okay. I'll help you. You maintain my lot. The name is Chijo Kim. That's my name. Amen. I discovered this not <laughs> long ago. Not long ago. This is actually my name. So, so, so it made me embrace Sam as a whole. It made me understand that everything I need to be empowered as a child of God has been deposited in Psalms. In that, I will learn how to live righteously. I will learn how to walk steadfastly. I will learn how to, uh -uh, it teaches you how to make wealth. I will learn everything from this Psalm. Bedroom, people watching, don't take Psalm for granted. It's not just a, a, a portion of the Bible you just, you just read, you skip. Like that. I'll see, it, it sounds meant to be, you read, you read chapter 1, verse 1, you meditate. Meditate. You allow the spirit speak to you. Allow it sink into your mind. It becomes, it becomes, it becomes part of you. You think you're not doing well in business, go to Psalms. Psalms, you will find there what, what you need, how you need the Holy Spirit. You think your marriage is failing, go to Psalms. You think your children are not doing well, go to Psalms. Let God speak through you through Psalms. Let God speak to you through Psalms. And the best part of this is that in, at every point in time, the word of God is new and fresh. <laughs> it speaks to you in a different way. It speaks in a different main dimension. It, speaks to you. it has different meaning whenever you read it. Akabata. You know, I, 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 I chose of recent to dwell on Psalm 145. And I don't know why. Psalm 145 is, 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 is it's, you know, oh, <clears throat> remind me of what Pastor, Pastor E. Adeboe says. He says, when prayer does not work, try praise. <laughs> when prayer does not work, try praise. <laughs> That's praise, 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 praise. It's like you inviting, inviting a big man to a, a big res restaurant. Invite him for dinner. And you are the waiter. <laughs> You're there serving him whatever he needs, doing whatever he needs. And before that man leaves, he gives you what a tip. You know? So imagine you you just come to go, you're praising him. You are my God, you are my rock, you're everything. Morning and night, you're praising him. Before he leaves you, he asks you, KJ, what do you want? He asks Solomon, what do you want? What do you want? You've praised me too much. I don't know what is it. What do you want? Tell me what you want. If one half of this word, I'll give you. What do you want? Kalata, understand the power of God. Psalm hmm. 45, I chose to dwell on it. God, I will extol you, my king. And bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. And I will praise your name. Great is the Lord and great is to be praised. One generation shall praise you. Which I praise your works to another. You know, he talks a lot. God is full of compassion. All your works shall praise you. Your sins shall bless you. The Lord opposes all those who fall. He raises all who are bowed down. In the eyes of all who expect that it's right, he gives them their food in due season. Mm. It means that Chijoke will never lack. It means that if I look up to God, I should never lack. It means look up to me. Come up either and I will show you. Come up here and experience me. Come and know me. Come and know my power.
Come and know my compassion. Come and know my mercy. You can't go forward without me. You can't. Look at verse eight. Look at verse, verse seventeen. The righteous is all. Is all always. Righteous all the work. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. What? What? He's near to all. Everybody that calls upon Him is near to them. He will fulfill their desire to all who call upon Him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear Him. So, if I fear the Lord, He will fulfill my desire. He will hear my cry and save them. The Lord preserves those who love Him. Do you love the Lord? Do you love the Lord and you want God to preserve your life? <laughs> Please, I don't go for just let everybody. Let's let's go back to Sam. Let Sam let Sam speak to you. Let Sam talk to you. Ask God to minister to you through Psalms. Because in this Psalm, I'm telling you, Psalm chapter one to the end is power packed for you as a believer. You cannot see, you cannot, you can the, the Bible to me, uh, Sam took half of it. Psalms, praise God. Hallelujah. See, from what you were reading, right? I mean, I think about Jacob, right? Jacob was wrestling with the Lord himself, right? And before he left him, I talked about I was praising God. Before he left him, like, when you talk about wrestling, the spirit, you know, he blessed him, right? He changed the man's destiny. And actually, you're reading, you know, um, Psalm 16, verse 5. Verse 6 actually says, the lines are coming for me in pleasant places. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it almost like, I tell people, even if your friends have nothing, even if, you have, even if they told you you are a zero, nothing can ever come out of, remember they said nothing can ever come out of this place. Listen, David had some mighty men that were broken, that were trodden, they were kicked out. They, these guys were fellowshipping God with David. And guess what? They became so mighty that they are, their chronicles are written. They have psalms about them, right? And I'm also looking at Psalm chapter 2 from verse 7 to 9. From the message, it says, let me tell you what God said next. He said, you are my son. And today's your birthday. What do you want? Name it. Nations as a present, continents as a prize. You can command them all to dance for you or throw them out with tomorrow's trash. So the Psalms are powerful. I'm telling you, when you read the Psalm, don't read it with one translation. Try to read it with a few translations. You're going to see some beautiful things. And, you know, the Bible says, maintain on God's word. Stay on it. Stay on it. You know, read the word and allow it to minister to you. And then pray the Psalms. Pray the Psalms. There's some very special, maybe at the end, I'll show you how I pray the Bible, how I pray the word. So it's exciting, you know, when you think about the Psalm, God has put so much. And the Psalm is prophetic. Prophetic. I tell people, if you can only look up to God and praise Him, praising God means that in spite of everything around you, you're saying that if you're the only one that can help me out, don't get so caught up with your situation. Your psalm, you know, your psalm is a song of victory in your mouth. And that's something David found. So right quickly, you know, Noble, um, you know, you look at, you know, all the amazing things David has done, the psalms. So in your, in your life now, how would you say that, you know, the psalm has really impacted you. You know, when you read about the psalms, when you look at David's life, when you look at the wonders of God, you know, because the Bible says that you're living epistles, right? The book of Acts was never completed because we are the ones completing the book of Acts. You know, if you look at the book of um, Hebrews chapter 11, read from verse you know, 29 from 27, you see that we'll complete the cycle of faith, right? We're the ones that are completing the cycle. We're also like Gideon that didn't have enough faith to go as one man. We're the ones that are completing. So how... In your own life, are you allowing the Spirit of God by His finger to continue writing these Psalms? And how are you expressing it? All right. Um, thank you, everybody. I'm so blessed. 
actually I'm so blessed. Um, wow. <laughs> For me, the Psalms gives me a personal relationship with God. It, it introduces me into a personal relationship with God. You know, we can, we can see a lot of things in the Psalms and how much of an inheritance we can have in God. You know, but the Psalms also corrects me. It also reminds me of my own part of the bargain. It's a two-way street at the end of the day. It's not a one-way street. So we have to understand that uh, we have a role to play in our salvation journey. You know, because the book of uh, Philippians 2 is very clear where we were urged to work out our salvation through fear and trembling. So it is, it is a daily effort. It is a step-by-step, -step, knowing fully well that the Lord God has a very unique plan for your life. You know, um, everyone has spoken so much, you know, and coincidentally, I, I kind of prepared for today in a very thematic way as well, you know, describing Psalms in, I think, about eight ways, you know, speaking about the power and glory of God, the grace and mercy of God, thanksgiving and praise, you know, salvation requirement and journey, uh, faith, belief in God, salvation inheritance and Jesus Christ. You know, I, I was able to break it down in that manner, but, you know, I think for for what I have to say and how it's going to benefit everyone listening, I think we need to stay abreast of the fact that we have a role to play. Like if, you know, my brother Strauss, my brother Emery, Mr. Emery and um, Chijoke have been very clear about um, what we have to, what we, we stand to gain, you know. But if we read the book of Psalms, especially from chapter 1, uh, 1, 1 to 3 tells us the requirements for being, for falling into that um, line, you know, who, you know, let me, let me just take it, let me read, basically, sorry, pardon me again, I'll read through KGV, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, so you see that you have a lot to do, well, it's, it's not so much, I, I don't want to scare anyone, the Holy Spirit is there to help you, but you must understand that, yes, there are certain things I have to stay away from to fall into this line. You know, and that is something I've been learning. You know, I've had, I've had to deal with a lot of distractions. But in my own way, I've been able to understand that all I need to do is to yield to the Holy Spirit. You know, we have the Holy Spirit there to help us. Jesus Christ understood that it was going to be a difficult thing to leave us alone. And then he said it was, he was going to ask the Father to send a comforter. So we have, a, we have the comforter with us. You know, I think um, a couple of days ago, we were having a prayer session in my house and one of the prayer points raised was the Lord should empower us to serve him. And I was, I was, you know, it was, <laughs> I was rattled in my spirit and I was like, we already have this power. We should be thinking about how we are going to yield to this power. You know, it, it's not so much about how much the Holy Spirit is within you, but how much of you is yielded to the Holy Spirit. So for me, it's a journey, you know, and I've acknowledged the fact that I have a role to play. Psalms 24, 3 to 4. Just 24, 3 to 4. It says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that had clean, clean hands and a pure heart, who had not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. We have a role to play. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit down and say, okay, no. You know, don't, don't distance the things of God from you. Jesus Christ has reconciled you to the Father. 
So it's close, it's too close, it's close enough. All you need to do is to yield. You know, um, let me see Psalm 42. Psalms 42, verses 1. As, as the heart panted after the water broke, so panted my soul after thee, O God. I desire you, Father. I know I'm nothing without you. You know, day after day, day after day. I have so much to say, but I'll, I'll just end with uh, one of the chapters that our brother Truth raised. Psalms 27, verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. We acknowledge, yes, we are, we are in a pandemic right now and most of our countries are in a lockdown, but we must know that we are the temple of God. We sacrifice ourselves as living sacrifices to God, holy and acceptable. So, our desire, for me, my desire growing every day is to be found in God. Jesus Christ has died. Jesus Christ shed the blood. He has reconciled us to the Father. It is left for me. He said he will come, he and the Father are knocking on the door. Whoever opens up, he will enter and have supper with the person. So, it's, it's a lot, but, it, you know, in our generation, we need to know that we need to take responsibility. I am taking responsibility over my life. You know, we were speaking and Brother Chijoke was like, um, yo, no, but have you begun to do what I, I asked you to do? Have you begun to speak, you know, in, in, in this light? And I was like, yeah, it's a process. I'm getting there. I'm beginning to speak life into my life. So it's, it's for me, I've taken it up as a responsibility and I think it's, it's sufficient enough for me to pass down to people to know that, yes, this is, this is, you know, and uh, flowing from that, you know, we can acknowledge the fact that we've been talking about God also. And um, the inheritance we have in him, in him has been a phrase that we've been using. But we have those who might be listening right now who have not given, you know, have not been given the opportunity to give their lives to Christ. You know, it's it's a wonderful thing, my brethren. It is it is wonderful. It's a great opportunity to be found in or to be found in this inheritance. It's not enough for you to hear about the goodies that we have to offer. It's enough for you to be welcomed into a family, a family of eternity. You know. The book of John chapter 15 is clear where it says, if you know, you know, the life, life eternal is knowing God, the Father, and knowing Jesus, the Son, who he sent. So we would like to give you an opportunity right now for those who have not given themselves up to the Father, who have not called in Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior. You know, right now, I will ask you to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, we are here today and we've heard from you. I'm here today and I've heard from you. Let's personalize this. I'm here today and I've heard from you. And I'm provoked in my spirit. You've stirred up waters in my spirit. And I know I'm a sinner. I've been basking in sin. Not knowing you is enough sin. But Lord, tonight, I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior. 
and by, with my lips I confess you as God, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Take over my life. Endue me with your spirit. Empower me to do the work now and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, awesome. The Bible says that when one sinner repents, there's joy in heaven. I could tell right now there's a party in heaven. Welcome to the household of God. This is the only reason why we're here for you. They said the life, life itself is nothing without God. So we are excited if you're taking this decision right now. Free free reach out to us. And before I let this gentleman go, I'm going to allow every one of them to say just one like one last sentence, one last song, one last verse, one last finishing move, right? And, and I, I want to ask you, I just want to ask every, every one of you, please, panelists, right? After the chat, after the, you know, the session, go back on the chat and put your favorite song, some of what you shared. I try to catch a few of them, though, but please feel free to put some so those are listening. They could also like, you know, listen and so your favorite songs, put it on there so people could go back and, you know, enjoy like the tips on how to read the psalm, how to pray the psalm. So I want to start with you, my beloved brother, Tros. Last words for those listening. This is, in case you didn't mention any psalm, you could actually change your mind right now. <laughs> Feel free to change your mind right now, but last minute, you know, to tell everyone goodbye, you know. So last, last minute, last word. Amen. <laughs> Oh man, I feel like it's this been so many great things that have been said. But um my last words, you know, if you haven't read the book of Sam, uh make sure after this, make sure, make sure there's so much, there's so much. There is so many Sams that is just there's so much, you know. So make sure, make sure, make sure you go back and read the Sams. Um Man, which song do I even pick? <laughs> well, like this. Okay, I'll go with, um, let me see. Psalm 91. I'll go with Psalm 91. And I'll read a few verses. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him. I will trust. Put your trust in God and he will take you places. Amen. 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 Thank you. Brother Emery, finishing move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. And thank you once again, brothers, for you know, for blessing me. You know, I knew I was going to be blessed, but I didn't know I was going to be blessed this much. You know, but just to just a, like a summary of everything that has been said, you know, I just want to draw the listeners. To Psalm 68, verse 11. So the Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. Praise God. You know, the word of God has come. It has been published. God bless you, Brother KJ and the panel. It has been published. And as uh, Brother Nobu said, and Brother Chiyoke, what are you going to do with it now? It's in your court. Praise God. Thank you. Brother Chiyoke, final word, sir. You're mute. <laughs> it's 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 a lot. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to actually pick what I will say, but the one two takes me the most. Psalm chapter sixty-five, verse four. Hmm. Psalm sixty-five, verse four. 
blessed is the man you choose. Blessed is the man God chooses and cause to approach him that he may dwell in his courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. I, I, I don't know what I should explain, but this one, if God chooses you, <laughs> if God chooses you as a man, if God should say, I choose David, say, I choose Chijoke, I choose Emery, I choose Trost, I choose Noble, I choose, I choose KJ. If God should choose you, also, I'm sorry, KJ, you know, it's plenty. I wrote them down. Psalm chapter 138. 138. Until verse 2, only, only verse 2, only verse 2. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above your name. So if God has promised you something, if God has said you will be this, he said you will be that, <laughs> trust he will bring it to pass because God words magnifies his word above, above his name. Praise Amen. the Lord. Hallelujah. Like I said, feel free to go back to the comment section and put in some of these, because we want to hear all of them, right? So feel free to go after tonight, tomorrow morning and keep the conversation going. Noble, last word, sir. Yeah, we're word people. So I think um, I'll take it from the book of Psalms 119, although it's from Esaph, though, um, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We're going into uncertain waters, and it's only the word that can help us, you know. So that's what I have for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I don't think we could do justice to this panel without Psalm 23. So I'm going to read Psalm 23 from the message translation, all right? Very short, but it's powerful. It says, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quite cool to drink from. Through to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid. When you walk at my side, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. Oh boy, look at five, verse 5. He served me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. He revived my drooping head. My cup brooms with blessings. Verse 6 is my finishing move to everybody listening. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back in the home of, I'm back home in the house of God. For the rest of my life listen everybody we belong to god we are created for god god created man for fellowship every day return back to god in fellowship man is not man without god you are a spirit you have a soul you live in a body stay connected thank you brothers i love you so much we have learned a lot it's been an amazing blessing I want to pray for everybody listening right now. Please feel free, brethren, to set your hand out and pray for everyone that's listening. Those that receive the Spirit of God, those that receive, you know, salvation, those that actually wanted to be like David, the Spirit, just being protected of their life. That this plan of the enemy in this pandemic should overshadow them. That they are understanding their place in God. That they are worshiping that big, big song. 
Oh, we thank you, Father. We give you glory. We worship you. Father, we thank you for the word that's going into your heart. It's not against this word. Father, you have made them kings, Father. You have made them God, Father. I thank you for these ones. Bless your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You know the drill, right? We can't leave without a song. We got to get just one song, right? So tonight, we're going to be having CSO Elites. CSO Elites. Thank you so much, guys. I love you. Share your comments. Share what God is telling you. Share what God is saying. Keep the conversation going. You are responsible for your life, but you have the Holy Spirit. This is Teamwork Partnership on Fire. Thank you. Until we see you again, God bless you.